passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the A team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wade take the mic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rewind a Raw. It is John Pollock. And it's Wei Tang. Surprise, surprise. Hello, Wei. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Hmm. Okay. All right. Any? Oh, uh, how are you doing? You never talk about how you're doing. Yeah, that's true. Actually, well, I'm doing great. Actually, it's a uh, it is a uh, Chinese New Year, or we're just past Chinese New Year, I should say. So happy, happy Chinese New Year to anybody celebrating. This is happy. the year of the tiger. That is correct. Yes, it is. All right. Yeah. Anything specific about the year of the tiger that we should know about? I have no idea. No, not really okay. sure. It's more just symbolic. I mean, I'm sure there's some meaning. You know, there's there's meaning to everything, of course. But I nothing I I would I would be able to tell you about. Did you celebrate today? Uh, I mean, the celebration really would just be in the form of food. You know, so my aunt bought me and my wife dinner. Uh, we really bought all of us dinner, but we That's we. Nice. We're still in the midst of a of, of pandemic, um, I guess, you know, precautions. So we, we didn't eat together. Like she got my dad to bring it over to my place. And it was really, really nice. And it was a lot. So uh, I'm, yeah, that I, I had a bit of itis going into this raw, I have to say. Oh, okay. Well, I, I hope you didn't fatigue like an hour into this show. I, I kind of did, but, you know, I don't know if it was the itis or if it was the show itself. Do you Maybe think a bit that- of both. Do you think Ronda Rousey might have uh, been going into this show and she was just she was... celebrating Chinese New Year? And, well, and she definitely aunt? seemed um, fatigued by the by that segment uh, where she came out at the end. She just felt like, oh, let's get this over with. Yeah, I mean, it was something. You know, do you want to talk about the segment now? Like, yeah, it, let's it talk might be about the, biggest... the, the segment first. I thought that sure. it was not a very inspiring appearance by Ronda Rousey. It just felt it felt very flat for me. The promo sounded like this Ronda Rousey. Had she been paired with Becky Lynch, um, these crowds would be turning the other way on on Ronda and getting behind Becky in a big way, I think. Uh, and I think they were about to do that. Yeah. Um, if the segment was any longer. And, and the even- punchline at the end was, like, it's Ronda of all Well, I guess, like, it has to be Ronda that delays this decision. But after all this and 
promoting. And then she says, well, I'll tell you on Friday. It's no, I understand. Like they never said she was going to make her decision. But I mean, th- that at the end of it was like you got this little speech from Rhonda and then wait till Friday and the crowd booed it. I just I, I didn't think it was like a really great uh, appearance. I thought it was pretty awful. Yeah. You know, but but I, I don't know if I would necessarily talk it up to her not caring. Or... I'm not saying that, that's that's how she came off to me. Oh, as, okay. Like during the it, like it just felt like she hasn't cut a promo in a ring in years. Yeah. So I, I can understand a bit of that. Promos were not her forte to begin with. Um, and, and it really showed in this segment to me. Like, they kept it short, probably by design. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, like, this, like, just watching her and Becky for the limited interaction they had, I'm just envisioning this. If they had, if this was what we were getting every week on television, you would have a big baby face in Becky from these uh, crowds, which have not been really going against many of the characters since they've come back last summer. But I think this program would really put that to the test. Certainly, yeah. I mean, at this point, I think if if you're seeing this version of Ronda Rousey that we saw tonight, even up against Charlotte, the the result will be much indifference from this audience. But I mean, I would I would say you might even you know put a wager on perhaps the crowd cheering for Charlotte against Ronda at this point, it, it, you know, it's clearly, I think because of the, the, the two people that she's, uh, you know, being pitted up against in Charlotte and Becky, who are both heels, um, Ronda's supposed to be the baby face, but her appearance tonight was anything, but I, I, tonight I, I felt like her, her performance was, was that of somebody who's been completely out away from this professional wrestling world for a long, long time, hasn't done a great deal of public speaking not in that time. And certainly not in the form of a professional wrestler, so tonight it felt like she really kind of just hung on her script word for word and, you know, did not feel comfortable at all. Um, and it's a big segment to put somebody out there in, you know, a WrestleMania main event level type of, you know, a promo segment to close off a show. Uh, and she definitely felt ill-equipped for it. So, again, but, but the- even more, even more so, Wade, like it was really further emphasized when. I mean, not all that different a circumstance of what we watched seconds later where you had Lita, who was never renowned for her promos, come out there, big babyface response. And like that was the reaction I think you would have wanted a a Ronda Rousey to have. And instead you went off the air and it was like Lita felt like the big star coming out of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, and uh, I mean, part of that was I think the intent was you probably wanted both of them to feel like stars. But I mean, I'll say you know, Lita is is has had much more experience doing this than Ronda Rousey has, and I think you know, as you get older with age, um, I I think for many professional wrestlers, they tend to feel more comfortable. But Ronda never even hit that comfort, and, nor hit that stride. You know, when in the year that she was an active performer, so coming right right out here and pretty cold, you know, uh, going right into this, I think she's somebody who really needs to be protected, especially when when it comes to talking like this. Uh, and and th- I think they really have to question the idea of putting her up against another heel here and not having her be a heel herself, because I, I don't think this audience is going to gravitate towards her. Yeah. Um, and, and it wasn't a case of the crowd being tired either. Like they, they, they were pretty up for the Rhonda segment when her music hits, that was a pretty good reaction she got uh, coming out. But yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I, I didn't think it was a great, uh, outing for Ronda Rousey, uh, at least at least week one. Uh, so we will see how mm-hmm. they follow up with this. And uh, I guess we'll be there on Friday on SmackDown. So we will see. Um, we should go over uh, just a few things that are going on 
on the site this week. And of course, it is the first of the month. So it's a brand new month. Duh. And thus a great time to jump aboard the post wrestling cafe to get your your true values worth out of the post wrestling cafe. We will be having uh, multiple editions of Rewind Away this month. Uh, What else can people look forward to? uh, Shows every single day, it feels like. Well, yeah, for for one thing, we've been doing our post-daily news updates. I feel like we're entering, what, our third month now of doing these? Can you believe it, John? Every single day we've done one of these things. What were we thinking? It looks like we're going to continue because it's it's been going really well so far. So this week we'll be continuing those 1 o'clock Eastern time every single weekday. Uh, not just on YouTube now, but also on Twitter and also on Facebook. So if you can follow us on your favorite social media app, you will get these 1 o'clock Eastern time every single day or in archive afterwards. But if you want to get it directly on your listening device, because many uh, people you know like to listen to the podcast as they're jogging. Shout out Robert Brocky, who, who loves to, who's a big time jogger. Did you know the Postmaster was like serious jogger, John? I was not aware of this, but now Big I time. am. We're Even talking in the winter. He's a winter jogger. Yes, he is. Like we're okay. talking, he's been doing this for years. He runs like five k a day. Like he's maybe more than that. Like I, I might have got, got my numbers mixed up, but like he, he's 5K, incredibly. That's that's a commitment to do daily. It might even be 10. Like, I, I could just be making numbers up right now, and, and, and it's all the same to me because I, I haven't run, you know, 0.1K in months, I feel. So anyway, um, a lot of people like to listen to the podcast when they're jogging or something, and it, it's a bit more convenient to just get it on podcast rather than having, you know, like a YouTube video play in the background. Mm-hmm. And it's also, uh, predominantly, it's just a way to support the channel. So if you're enjoying our work, consider paying $6 a month. To join the Post Wrestling Cafe, of course, it also comes with Rewind of Smackdown every single Friday. Uh, patrons can tune in, tune in live. If you want to be a double-double plus patron, of course, you can get these uh, live also on Mondays and Wednesdays as well. Yes, and for Rewind Away fans, uh, this month we'll be doing a Coliseum home video release of WWF's greatest hits from 1991 and WrestleMania 27. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that uh, this month. PostWrestlingCafe.com. And uh, this week on the site, we will have all of our usual shows, plus a Jun Akiyama biography coming from the long and winding Royal Road. Uh, Jojo Remy will be joining WH Park for that. And you can find our entire schedule up at PostWrestling.com. Are you ready to chat about Raw? The fallout from the Royal Rumble. Let's do it, John. Cincinnati, Ohio, which when I saw Cincinnati... And they're coming off the the Bengals getting to the Super Bowl. I thought we would be in store for nonstop slander against this poor football team. But really, it was limited to uh, the Chad Gable comment. And that was about it. They went very they were very tame when it came to, man, we're in a sports team. We're in a we're in a town where the sports team is going to the Super Bowl in two weeks. They I really restrict. So. Are, really, sure? are you sure there wasn't another mention of of some uh, some some football are, reference? No, not not insults. They had like our truth. Like said he was picking the Bengals to okay. win. Right. Um, like there right. were pro mentions of the Bengals, but I just thought there would be every heel would be running down this football team, and we really didn't get that. Hmm. Mm. Well, hey. Um. Maybe uh, maybe between Britt Baker and Charlotte Flair, they thought that the uh, the football teams have been through enough over the last week. Let's give it a break. No, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, as somebody who doesn't really follow football at all, like I, I, I just kind of tuned it all out. You're picking the Bengals to win. Sure. Yeah. Who are they going up against? 
The Rams. Oh, okay. Bengals. Like a tiger. Yeah. How appropriate. Yep, like the, it's their year. But we'll see. The year of the tiger. All right. Let's get into uh, Raw tonight. Um, worth noting that during one of the uh, commercial breaks here in Canada on Sportsnet 360, they noted that at the house show coming up on March the 6th in Laval, Quebec, they advertised Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre and Ronda Rousey and Sasha Banks teaming up against Charlotte Flair and Shayna Baszler. Interesting. What? Yes. Ronda yes. and Shayna on opposite sides? Yes, that's how it was advertised. So, I mean, that this is, is really th- this could always change. This was just the the local uh, insert ad for the Canadian market, but um yeah, that's that's what they're promoting for the show in in Laval in a couple of weeks or yeah, a month's time. It's really strange and I mean, of course, you know, the natural uh, curiosity is is whether or not there you know, some, somebody jumped the gun about a direction that the TV show might be heading towards. So, um does that mean they're going to put Shayna and Rada on opposite sides? Really? Already? Hmm. Yeah, I guess we'll I see. guess we will see. Yeah. Um it would certainly be an odd uh move to make, but yeah, perhaps that will be the build is uh Shayna aligning herself with Charlotte. So the program began with Adam Pierce in the ring, uh noting that Bobby Lashley will defend the title at the Elimination Chamber and Lashley and MVP come out to complain Lashley puts himself over being better than Lesnar, a better amateur wrestler, a better MMA fighter, and a better world champion. So Lesnar comes out in his gear, and he asks if Bobby's just going to stand here and pretend to be champion. You didn't beat me on Saturday. You only won because of Reigns and Heyman. But I'm not mad at you. I'm just mad at Reigns and Heyman. I won the Royal Rumble, so I can choose who I face at WrestleMania. And don't worry, Bobby, I'm not picking you. I'm going to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But at Mania, it's going to be title versus title. And I'm dressed to fight, and I want my rematch tonight. And the crowd is getting excited that they're going to see Brock wrestle on free TV. This uh, this crowd. Um, adorable to think that. But MVP stops Lashley and says that Lesnar can go right to the back of the line. And we have learned tonight through this and the final segment, if you want a match... Don't overthink it. Just simply tell the heel that they're a chicken shit and they will succumb because ego trumps everything for these heels. And with that, he walks out and Pierce adds Lesnar to the Elimination Chamber match on February 19th. And Lashley's down. He will not. He will not be called a chicken shit. So they will go to Saudi Arabia. And so that's that's kind of the hook for this match of Lesnar potentially winning the title to make it title versus title at WrestleMania. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you know, this was Brock coming out here on his own. And we now know that the Heyman heel pairing was just a brief detour. And we're, we've got our fun loving, you know, big personality, Uncle Brock, babyface again. You Uncle know, he... Brock. Oh, my God. There, <laughs> someone needs to do, like, the Uncle Buck poster with, with Brock. <laughs> he's just, like, coming coming out here, like, There's having a, a great... Get that thing off your face. He's, like, he's blasting through the front door, like, you know, like, I don't know, like, a box of donuts. Like, he, he's just having a great old time. Like, he's truly looking like he's having the best time of his life playing this current incarnation of the character. And he was a full-on baby face here. He even fist-bumped one of, one of the fans that, that, that was ringside. So, we're getting a full-time... 
babyface Brock Lesnar again, and I'm I'm happy to see the return because he's just fun to watch. It's so weird seeing this like big monster, <laughs> like you know, be everybody's favorite uncle. But again, it's it's a it's it's magnetic to me, and I, I love watching it. Um, and you know, this is a hot rivalry, Brock Lesnar and and, and Bobby Lashley. So I like the idea that they're at, that they're at least keeping it alive you know um at least long enough to head into the elimination chamber of course being saudi arabia and being the chamber match they they want the star power and so to put brock in it you know makes sense would you would you have instead perhaps um considered a a singles match john or or or, or do you like the idea or do you think that they're kind of forced you know to to have the chamber match and have brock lesnar be a part of it um i i don't think they, they were forced into any one direction um it was only a question of whether they were going to use this chamber to create the contender or go this way. And I, I'm I'm assuming that they felt like this would be the best utilization of Brock. It's at least a believable scenario that fans can get into that you might see uh, a title change in mm-hmm. in, in this in this kind of a match. Um, it, just interesting. Like, I would not have predicted going into the weekend that we would have seen Lesnar winning the Rumble and then being put into the chamber match and and doing both of those. It's it's pretty ridiculous. And like I do feel like, you know, for all the fans who are complaining, does Brock Lesnar need the Rumble win? Well, <laughs> I mean, after putting him in the elimination chamber uh right after winning the Rumble, I mean, I can certainly see them being uh, having even more fuel for for that argument. But ultimately, this is a company that wants to promote Brock Lesnar in the biggest match headlining matches for their biggest shows. And again, you the argument needs to be made about whether or not you know you should be booking strictly for headline headlines and and marquees versus what you know not putting enough care into the story to actually logically explain why somebody would be there. Um, nonetheless, I I I've I've come to the arrival now uh, watching this company for this long that like this is just simply how they book. What is the most attractive thing that they could put you know uh, in the commercial? And that would be Brock Lesnar attached to the Elimination Chamber, even though he already has a world title shot um, already. I do at least appreciate the fact that they gave us the logic of him wanting to make it a double title shot, which at least gives us some story, you know, to justify why he might want to be there and why he might actually win. Uh, A feud that probably is not going to extend to Elimination Chamber is Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash. This uh, seemed to be the the blow off, but... Yeah. Is there ever such a thing as a blow off in a WWE program? This no, it's the first of five. It could be. It's like, OK, this is the first nail in the coffin, but Rhea's got w- work to do. So Ripley is just toying with her at the beginning, throwing her around. And then Ripley gets tied up in the ring skirt as Nikki Lance strikes. They go through a break and Nikki hits a tornado DDT and then a swinging DDT gets countered into the riptide and Ripley pins her clean. And that was that. That's- this was such an unimpressive end to this. I mean, this was a pretty long program. These two started teaming together months ago, you know, uh, and then we had the breakup. But I, I it's I, like AJ and Omos, just all mm. this time invested and the blow like you do all this so that you can reap the, the benefits of like you put the, the time in so that instead of just having one of these programs where someone teams for three weeks and no one emotionally cares when there's a breakup, you have this long relationship and poof, it's just done. Mm-hmm. I understand like, you know, like usually would they do this because they have other plans for like a Rhea Ripley immediately, you know, for perhaps for the chamber. But even if you're just going to do the match on TV, 
I would expect at least a bit of a video package or maybe a set of promos to build up to the importance of them finally meeting in the ring, right? Instead, it was just like, hey, we're back from commercial break. After the last segment, these two are going to have a match to settle their score once and for all. Clean finish, and then right into the next segment. No real kind of, you know, um, uh, breathing room afterwards to kind of let it sink in that this this saga is over. It's just kind of out of the way, and I guess onto the rematch, perhaps. Do we get this match next Monday? I think it's very likely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are they? What else are they going to do? This division is not very deep, and it's not like, you know, like Rhea beating another person, um, is is going to mean that much anyway. Like what? Like Rhea versus Carmella next week? Like that's that it doesn't mean anything. So I could see them just continuing this a little longer. Well, there's also you you bring up is okay. So Ronda makes her choice. I think everyone is looking at it going in the direction of Charlotte. What is the mechanism to determine? The challenger, because I would say if if you thought that we were going to be getting a women's chamber match, mm. I think they would have wanted that announced tonight. Like you only have two more episodes of Raw to uh, confirm that. But, and but, but doesn't it depend on Ronda's choice on Friday? I guess I guess you could leave it that 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 way, too. Yeah. And then announce it next week if mm. you are going. They can, in, they can do in the, that. Direction. I mean, they gave us all the all the participants after one night of, of, of Raw. So they could very well do that next week as well. If there is a women's chamber, there might not even be one. Well, that's you what know? I'm asking. If like if not the chamber doing something else, like you do something, set it up on, on television, because you know after after the chamber match, it's a long stretch until WrestleMania. It's like. Mm-hmm. Six weeks that they've got, which is an eternity for WWE to just kind of stand pat. We're also talking at, at, the, at this point, um, two Raw chambers, if they are going to do one um, for like, OK, again, right. this is presumably if Ronda chooses Charlotte, you know, for Becky's challenger, they'll have to have a potentially a elimination chamber for, for the Raw women, which they could do. Like nobody really cares that much, but it'll be two chambers for one brand. Mm hmm. The Academic Challenge is recapped from last week, and Kevin Patrick is with Chad Gable and Riddle for the scooter contest backstage. There was It was interesting who was absent from this show. No Randy Orton, no Damian Priest. Uh, Queen Zelina was not out with Carmella. So some, some notable absences tonight of people that were there on Saturday. Hmm, interesting. We, we didn't have Damian and we didn't have Priest. No, neither. Yes, so that, that counts hmm. as two. Riddle is dedicating this race to Randy, and it's the first one to complete 50 laps of this mystery course backstage and then cross the finish line at ringside. And Gable has contacted his friends in the Olympics, which he notes are streaming on Peacock, which I guess after those uh, after those streaming numbers came out last week, they're going to be upping the promotion on all programming. Yeah, Let everyone know. Yes, we'll get like, you know, some office integration. Yes, it'll also be on the USA Network next week because Raw will be on sci-fi next week, as they mentioned. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. OK, so uh, please, please, we'll, we'll continue. Later That's on. it. The race began and we were off to lap one of 50. All right. That's all. You ready to go to therapy? Oh, yeah. Alexa Bliss is with the therapist. This has to be the most dull therapist ever. This guy. There's no charm to know. this man. There is nothing redeeming. I mean, are therapists usually charming? Do they, is that a qualification of of the job? You know, I what? guess if you're I, a wrestling a TV therapist, then perhaps. 
I want someone with like a pulse. That's that's what I require of uh, a television therapist. He can see that the wheels are spinning and said that Lily was real. And I don't even know. Okay, so this is where they go through this like Rolodex of childhood photos where Lily has been inserted into these child photos of Alexa Bliss. And Lily explains, or sorry, Alexa explains that Lily always had her back. I hate doing these. I hate recapping these stupid segments. There's no point to these other than it was a shop ad. Okay. And is asked about Lily potentially returning. And Alexa says what she would do, hugging her, dressing her up, watch scary movies. And the therapist informs Alexa he has a replica doll of Lily, but warns her this is not the real one. But Alexa gets very emotional when she sees the replica. We might as well like go through both of these segments, John. You know, so so we don't have to have to do go it through later, them all. I I, I want to just uh, so just so they pick the this back up later on in the show, and you know, it's Alexa holding Lily, and she's crying. You know, like like tears, and um, getting really emotional. I suppose with the idea that she's she's she actually thinks this is real, or I don't know, she's unlocking some sort of deep emotion, and the therapist is like. Alexa, this is not real. You know, this is just a replica. I got it at WWE Shop. That's um, what he literally says. I got this at WWE Shop dot mm-hmm. com. Yeah. So you know that that was that. The, the, to the 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 sort of um, most interesting aspect of this, and and I want to credit uh, John Cena, who was the first to bring this to my attention. I, I think online there are other people that are noticing this as well. Is the fact that Alexa's appearance is gradually changing with every single one of these segments and slowly. The sort of like uh, demonness uh, of, of it all is is slowly reverting back, and you know um, there there are images that uh, Sino sent me one out there, which is basically like you know first week she did one of these, she's in full sort of a pigtail type of like you know Harley Quinn dark makeup type of getup, and then I guess as the weeks progress, you know the hairs come down, the the color in the hair is starting to fade. And now this week, instead of black lipstick, she's reverted back to at least a darker red lipstick. So it's at least a theory that I mean, I think it's a pretty good one, too, that like, you know, at least gives some point to some of these. But um, it's it's at least the idea that she's slowly with these therapy sessions um, losing the the demon within her. It's um, award winning stuff that is uh, coming at us here from from this story. I, I have I have nothing to add. The Miz versus Dominic Mysterio. Uh, Ray was out in the corner, and Miz starts yelling at Ray with the explanation that Miz wants to be on the cover of the 2K video game. So Miz gets out of the way of a 619 and shoves Ray into the desk and ends up coming back, nailing Dominic with a kick. And then behind the referee's back, Miz trips and blames it on Ray. So when the referee turns around, he ejects Ray. And from this, Dominic is the one distracted as Miz hits a skull-crushing finale and pins this poor dude in two minutes and 11 seconds. Just, like, outsmarted these two Mysterios, like, at the drop of a hat. And uh, that's it. Miz is upset he's not on the cover of the video game. Yeah, maybe, to- maybe they'll put the video game on the line. Miz versus Ray for the rights to be on the 2K cover. I think it's a bit late for that. They've, they've probably printed them all already. All the promotional yes. materials done. You know? Maybe it could be a DLC, like 
I don't know, ex special edition release cover, perhaps. Yeah, he really should have gotten like the the details on this months ago and started yeah. a plan. It's it's really? it's a little late now. Yeah. But this looks to be the next feud for both men here. You know, Miz coming off of the edge thing with Maurice. Maurice seems to, you know, have kind of gone back um to 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 family life, I suppose, off screen and uh, Ray and Dominic now have the Miz to contend with, and I think as characters, like it, it seems like it, it, it's a, it's a relatively good match because one is, you know, very hateable, and the other is eternally likable in Ray Mysterio. So, um, where, where does Dominic fit in? Well, ultimately, maybe this is all going to be Dominic. You know, like as I think Ray's entire run right now is all so that he can help make his son into a star. Um, so well, th this match did not make Dominic look like a star. No, no, it, it'll certainly take some time. I mean, in the end, it's you know, they're not going to win this feud, right? Like it, it's all it's going to be the Miz coming out of this on top. <laughs> well, then I don't know if this if any of this is doing much for uh, for young Dominic. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it it'll help the Miz, I suppose, um, in their minds. I don't know. It, like in their minds, they just it, they just they want to make TV and I don't know. Hopefully it'll be entertaining. Tamina went after Dana Brooke in the back. Uh, this is just a backdrop for Riddle and Gable to pass. And they've already completed 18 laps already. So they were going extremely quick at the beginning. And then they dragged out the final 32 laps over like an hour. Oh, you so get maybe, tired they, on those Maybe they got laps. tired. They were fatigued. You're right. For an Olympic athlete and an ex-MMA fighter, you would think like their cardio would be up for this. Scooting is a whole different type of cardio, John. It's, it's very true. So Riddle rides the scooter and runs into Omos and notes he has beautiful eyes and Gable passes him. And that was it. That was all Omos had. So, I mean, if, if Damian Priest was not uh, there, I mean, that would lend credence that maybe they are going in that direction and had nothing for Omos tonight because this was all they had for him. Was there much? Oh, because Omos eliminated Priest last Omos night. Omos eliminated Damian Priest and you didn't have Omos tied to any of these qualifying matches. So he's obviously not going in that direction on the raw side are you suggesting they do this at, at saudi arabia or wrestlemania um perhaps saudi arabia since neither of them are going to be like those are two damian priest and omos you would think those would be two names that you would have in your qualifiers for the chamber match so if they were held aside from those yeah i would think maybe they're going to do this at saudi arabia okay yeah interesting the kevin owens show this this is when the real build to WrestleMania begins because now everyone's got to plug the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania of all time. And there's no one I'm going to enjoy doing this more every week than Kevin Owens who explained, everyone we are on the road to, listen to this word, stupendous. The most stupendous two-night WrestleMania of all time. And it's two nights, so that means it's double the stupendousness. <laughs> This is the only guy that can get around just this absolute ridiculous tagline. The most stupendous two-night WrestleMania of all time. Owen states that he is in the Elimination Chamber match as soon as he beats Austin Theory tonight. But his guest is Seth Rollins, who comes out and he puts over Cincinnati and got a very positive reaction. He said it's really hot here in Cincinnati. No insult. He was very much playing a babyface here. Yep, that that was certainly a takeaway, and I almost felt like it was a bit heavy-handed for him to just come out there and do the generic, you know, put the put the hometown over thing off the top here. Um, but maybe maybe necessary. they almost had to, like they clearly wanted 
to show you he was a baby face. And I guess mm-hmm. that was the easiest way to do it was give the signal at the beginning by complimenting the hometown. Yeah. And the energy, like the energy was there. You know, he had a like they booked him to be sympathetic the night prior. He, I think, played very much uh, more of the f- crowd, crowd favorite against Roman Reigns. And tonight just almost felt like a, a way to cement it. And I suppose the cement came in the form of this, you know, heavy handed hometown uh, mention. He play. Uh, they played footage of the match from the Rumble, and Owens calls it disgusting and shameful. And Reigns knew he could not beat Rollins, so Owens calls him the Universal Champion of my heart. And dude, the close up here of Seth Rollins, it looked like he was about to crack when this line was delivered to him. And Rollins says he has a permanent piece of real estate in Reigns' head, and I can go back there anytime I want and get the universal title. But that's SmackDown business, and this is Raw. If this is this program being put on hold now indefinitely, I will hate that finish that much more. But we will see if Rollins appears on SmackDown in the near future. Although, there really is, again, it's very conflicting now because Rollins is now tied to this chamber match. There's really nowhere to go with this Reigns program at the moment. It wouldn't be until after WrestleMania at this point. You know, Rollins is tied up up until Elimination Chamber, and then Reigns will be tied up up until Mania. So I, I, I think they want to leave room for a rematch down the road between these two. But you're right. Like, could they have? Did they need to do a DQ finish? I mean, I, I, I think, I think we're going to see that it's because they maybe they wanted to protect Rollins. But I mean, much of that will depend on the Chamber. If he's going to end up losing in the Chamber anyway, then did he need if- to be protected? You know, I, as as I look at it, it's like, listen, I understand that the larger star is probably Seth Rollins, but given this story, if if in your mind you're going to revisit this in the spring, in the summer, whatever, we've established, like the Shield thing works for this crowd, and it certainly, like there is a lot of story there that you can explore. The timing is not great, that I think if you just needed a makeshift opponent, you could have put Kevin Owens in this role and tied him with Rollins, you still could have got Rollins on SmackDown, teasing this eventual showdown with Reigns and Rollins, but at least you get through this, and you don't just blast through this this Rollins match that I just think the timing was off for to do this, because so, it is a potentially big story. So who would you have put against Reigns? Owens. Owens. So Owens versus Reigns, and then have Seth tied to it to somehow tell a You can have story. Reigns just destroy this best friend, which... I think does add some sympathy on Owens and it completes the turn for Rollins where you see him having like this care for his friend that has been slaughtered. Well, they've already done Reigns versus Owens last year. They've also done Reigns and Rollins. It is fresher though, because like, you know, Rollins and the tribal chief have never gone, gone up against each other. Whereas I think Owens versus the tribal chief probably wasn't sexy. So why do it now? Why do it now when you can't continue it? Well, to, make, to do make it at the Rumble, to, the, to them, they wanted a big match for the Rumble, and, and of the of the options that they had, they liked the idea of doing Seth versus Reigns as a, one of the headlining acts of that match. I, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, in an ideal world, this would go more, they wouldn't have done that finish, okay, uh, but to lead you to think that they should drag this on for another month. Um, I and I'm not arguing for that booking whatsoever. I'm trying to just get into their minds about why they would have done that. And and my the only explanation is that okay, number one, they wanted to have Reigns versus Rollins because they thought it was a big enough match for that stadium. Okay, and they got through that. While at the same time, 
you have to protect Reigns. You have to keep the title on him. And for whatever reason, they felt the need to protect Rollins. Maybe they felt, again, I'm only speculating, maybe they felt that finish was the way to make Rollins a babyface rather than have him, you know, lose clean. And, I, you know, how, would you say that 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 was this was a more effective way of, of turning Seth Rollins into a babyface after last night? Or or would you have done something else? I, I don't think it's it takes all that... Um that large of an adjustment to turn Rollins. I think that people are, I, I think that transition can be a lot smoother than maybe people think it, it can be. It's just the combination of the finish and you did that huge chair attack. So I think it almost requires some kind of follow-up from Rollins. Like he had, like he got destroyed with those chairs mm-hmm. and there was no reference to that in terms of him walking out. He was fine tonight. He was Totally fine for it. So it's like it almost requires a follow up. And maybe we'll get that on Friday. Maybe he will be there on SmackDown and they're going to at least um, either they put it on pause or continue it. Like, I just think they did so much on Saturday that to just say, well, we'll revisit this down the road. I I, I think that's just kind of um, I guess I I took the chair attack to be more of a conclusion for Reigns' story rather than maybe the, the continuation of this rivalry. Like because um, you know the idea that Reigns has been so kind of consumed with this this chair thing that Seth Rollins did to him years ago, he finally delivered some comeuppance to satisfy his own, um, you know, neurosis. And yeah, like it, 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 I think it's something they they can revisit, but I just don't see it happening in the next two months. Well, getting back to this program, uh, he says Lashley is the new champion. And he announces that he will be in the Elimination Chamber match, although he doesn't have to qualify. And Owens is somewhat surprised by this. So Owens suggests that Rollins go and demand that Kevin Owens be added to the match without having to qualify or else Rollins should threaten to walk out. And Rollins said, listen, Kevin, it's, the, it's two days right after the Royal Rumble in the state of Ohio. You do not walk out on the company. Oh, no, he did not say that. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Rollins is hesitating. And before he can uh, turn down Owen's request, Austin Theory comes out because, damn it, he wants to have his match. And that's what we went into here. Entertaining segment here with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Yeah, they're fun. You know, I I thought they hit on that. Again, Jericho Owens type of vibe. Um, It's not as strong as that pairing, obviously. But I think Owens is is kind of trying his best to, to drag it into that direction. It, it it does make you wonder, like, what is the end game for this pair? You know, like, is is when are we going to see the culmination of the Seth Rollins Kevin Owens thing? Because at this point, I I'm I don't think it'll. This it doesn't feel like it's mania worthy. You know, do you like do you how how long do you think that relationship goes before we see whatever the climax is supposed to be between them? Um. Well, if if Reigns is like the spring summer program, maybe this should be the fall winter program. But they yeah, can, but they can shoot the angle next week and have their first match and then defer. How many of those ended on TV? Yeah. Um. But coming out of this though, like they are like teasing that for the chamber match of you know both of them want to win it and I, I guess we'll see if they kind of explore well, that in in the chamber match. Owens isn't going to be in it. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. So we go to this qualifying match. I still didn't process here that he uh. Uh, did not win this. So it's Owens and Austin Theory. And 
they had like a really intense match here for two segments. Uh, Owens is all over him, delivering chops, and then Theory rolls to the floor on a cannonball attempt. Um, they went through here. Uh, Theory keeps uh, getting out of the ring, and Owens would go after him. And then Theory takes him by the head and just whips him down onto the steps. This looked like it sucked on a scale of 1 to 10, like a 15. Yeah, yeah. Um, did not look fun. He just cracked him onto these steps. There's a, uh, Owens comes back, though. Springboard twisting moonsault. Uh, misses. The ATL gets countered. There's a cross-legged Ushiguroshi by Fury. Stunner gets blocked. Owens uh, super kick and swanton and then a fisherman buster off of the turnbuckle. But Fury gets his foot on the rope. And from the floor, Fury avoids the apron bomb and then kicks the middle rope into the groin of Owens and hits the ATL. Austin Theory wins, and I guess there's there's our answer. We were we were speculating on would Kevin Owens uh, go to Saudi Arabia or not? It does it appears he is not. Oh, I didn't even think about the Saudi Arabia connection. Uh, that's what was most interesting here for me mm-hmm. in this match because storyline wise, I thought for sure after they teased this, they would put that, that Owens was going to be in the match given the way it was set up with him and Rollins. But no, Theory won. Right. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah, uh, and no Vince on this one. No Vince on the show either. Where's yeah, the congrats? No. Maybe uh, next week. Yes. Um, good match, though, between the two. I thought uh, Owens worked super hard in this match. He always does. You know, which which makes makes him kind of being a heel. Uh, and if this Rollins thing's con- thing continues, I mean, you would expect he would be the heel against Rollins, a fresh baby face now. Um, he's so entertaining in ring that it's just, I, I, I just, I mean, it's such a baby face style. But, of course, he's a great heel as well. So I'm sure it'll be fine. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Riddle stops for a drink with the Street Profits, and then Gable stops and is looking for a drink, and they won't give him one. So Otis appears and gives him the red cup that contained steak sauce. Yeah, clear steak sauce. This was like a really yeah liquid uh, steak sauce. So mm, inter- interesting. Yeah, this was hilarious. Dolph Ziggler against Cincinnati's own Angelo Dawkins. It's like, oh, God, this isn't going to be good. Um, the announcers explained how Dolph Ziggler is a gatekeeper, but he's he's like your favorite fighters fighter in that all of the guys think that he's the best. Okay, got that? Yes, I do. Yeah, I get the idea. Like you know, he's like sort of the king of the the gym, like the underappreciated, uh, like you know, the worker's favorite, which. Maybe there's some truth to it. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, Ziggler is controlling him in the beginning of the match, making fun of him. And then Dawkins hits a twisting splash in the corner. Face buster. Pop-up gets countered into this awkward-looking DDT. Uh, Crowd was pretty quiet at this point, and I guess that was appropriate. Maybe they knew what was coming because then Angelo Dawkins hit the silencer and won the match. And I just was shocked here because the guy from Cincinnati won. He celebrated in front of his fans. No one jumped him. No one attacked him. No one left him for dead. 
It was just the hometown guy winning in his hometown and getting a nice reaction for winning in his hometown. Well, that's nice for Dawkins. Sure. Yeah, I thought it was a fine match, you know, even good. But I don't know. I think even in front of this hometown crowd, the the interest seemed relatively low. The, the oh, yeah, I, I did not think this was a very heated match at all. Yeah, the heat seemed pretty low. And I mean, for one thing, you're talking about, you know, two of several characters in that men's rumble uh, and they're just examples of how little interest there is in any of these characters, how little value and in, in how little, um, I think, importance, you know, any of them have, um, how little story all of them have as, as far as, you know, like what their aspirations are towards what championships. Do any of us want to see the Street Profits versus Ziggler and Root again? Do any of us want to see either team go for the championships again? They've beaten the shit out of both of those chases. Nobody cares. So to give me a singles version of that eventual match, I I I couldn't trick my brain into being excited to watch another Dolph Ziggler match. Like it's like trying to trick my brain to get excited about eating lettuce. You know, it's it's there. Like I I I I know it's healthy for me. I suppose. Like I know I have to get through this to get to my main course, but it does nothing for me. Okay, but how about this? Dawkins beats Ziggler. Next week, Ziggler beats Ford. The next week, Dawkins beats Rude. The week after that, Rude beats Ford. But then the following week, during the tag match, there's a disqualification. And then that leads to a no disqualification match. But before the no disqualification match, Ziggler beats Ford. And then Dawkins beats Rude. I don't, I don't and know why. Ziggler and Rude beat the Street Profits at the end. Well, that sounds epic, John. And then I mean, they started I, again. I don't know why you have to kind of mix and match like that. They they could just do the Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs every single week and just flip. No, no you got to be creative, boy. You got to be creative, creative, okay? You got to keep people me? at the edge of their seat. We got five, we got seven hours to, of TV to create every single week. Are you kidding me? No room for that. This is just another match. We got to fill the hours, John. Well, they're not filling any of the hours with Veer, but his video got an update because he announced, soon I will strike. I would argue the man's been on strike since October. Yeah. The upgrades to me, like, it it was, it was, it looked like the same video, dude, except with, like, green effects instead of red now. So they swapped the green filter for the red filter. So... See, it's a uh, sign. It's a sign way. Maybe it's part of the subtle progression we're seeing with this Alexa, these Alexa segments, you know? Like, it'll, next week it'll be blue. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean? Red, green, blue. He's going to be RGB. Uh, he's a video te- technician. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> Kevin Patrick is at ringside with R-Truth. He asks, uh, it might be a photo finish here between R- Riddle and Gable. Who do you think will win? And Truth says, the Bengals. And this did not get, it got a pop, but I thought this place would just explode at this. They they did not. This shit is just so, I mean, it just feels so low effort, right? Like you can have so much fun with hometown teams and whether or not you're trying to get heat or, or I don't know, have fun with it. Anyway, I'm not a football fan. I shouldn't care that much. Well, Gable comes down with Riddle. He wipes out at the bottom of the ramp. So Riddle is just like glad handing and slowly about to cross the line when all of a sudden Otis shows up and murders him. And down goes Riddle before he can cross the finish line. So instead, Gable gets up. 
he not only passes Riddle, he circles around him and then crosses the finish line. Dude, Chad Gable is so entertaining. I I think he's I think he's genuinely funny. I I think he's okay. <laughs> oh, come on. This guy's I think great. He's okay. I think he's trying his best to or, or they're trying to trying their best to to mold him into into sort of like a comedy Kurt Angle. I'll take it. Character. I I think it's okay. Riddle says, "That's not cool." You lost all the integrity of the race. Uh, Gable's trying to get this 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 shoosh thing over. I don't know if he's going to have success. He's been trying for that. years. Yeah, it's um, has he been trying for years? The shoosh thing is is something he's been doing ever since the, the end of the shorty G. Okay, so. I'm only picking up on it now. Uh, Gable says he has never cheated in his life and makes a match between Riddle and Otis. And then Pierce comes out to note this will now be an, a, an Elimination Chamber qualifying match. These two didn't even want to be in the match. <laughs> True. Like, oh, we wanted the weekend off. Uh, it's like, I don't want to go all the way there for this Chamber match. Neither of us are winning. So Otis yeah. is just dominating him. Sorry, sorry. Just before we yeah, get yeah. to the match itself. I mean, there was more than one hint towards, you know, mentioning Kurt Angle here. Like, I mean, first of all, it was... Gable talking about going to some of his Olympian friends, and then Riddle here, even in the promo, specifically, integrity specifically made 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 an effort to emphasize the word integrity. So well, I that's, thought that's, for sure. that's probably what he's coming back for. He said he's he's coming back for a role for over the next month. Um, this it would th- make this sense. Is- it would be this program. I, I thought we were just going to get it tonight, so it doesn't make me hundred percent sure that we're actually even going to get it. But maybe if there's any program, it would it would you would expect it would be this one. Well, you're you're right. Like. Uh, the integrity thing, like, yeah, that and the Olympics, you definitely got the teases for it, that it, it should be uh, Kurt coming in for something with Gabe. Watch, it's Kurt Angle, like, being a part of the Street Profits or something. I'm going to make him a third member of the Street Profits. Lots, <laughs> lots of uh, lots of possibilities there. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Otis is killing him. He hit a Judas effect, not identified as such. Uh, just sent Riddle flying, T-bone out of the corner, uh, Riddle finally hits a pair of ripcord knees and drops them and hits a floating bro off the top. This wakes up the crowd. They wanted to get behind Riddle, but the heat was just so long that the crowd was just kind of checked out at this. He signals for the RKO. It's blocked and then hits another floating bro into a jackknife cover, pinning Otis in 726. So Riddle will be in the chamber match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just seemed like a match to uh, get Riddle in there, you know, using the current feud that he was engaged in. Um, I thought and second second event in a row where he's going to get to have interaction with his pal Brock. Oh, okay, yeah. Can you remind me about that whole thing? Like, it's been so long. Like, what exactly was Riddle? Riddle was stuff? was trying to get something going with Brock, and the the word was like Brock pretty much informed him, uh, "I will never be working with you." And I guess that's uh that's subsided. Riddle, you know, he had the same issues going on with Goldberg as well. Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll see if they'll even have any interaction. There's there's a chance they they might not. So, whatever. Yeah, sure. Riddle's a big enough name. Yeah. Carmella and Bianca Belair. Um Carmella put her mask on and Belair goes to whip her with the braid and Carmella screams, but Belair does not whip her and instead Carmella comes back and slaps her. And then Carmella took over with this rear chin lock from hell that Lasted forever. She just kept us on. Belair finally escaped. Vertical suplex, KOD, and won. I looked down, and I was expecting to see like 13 minutes on my watch. And it was five and a half. 
This felt so long. Um, yeah. It was just all Carmella with just this rear chin lock. Felt like 70% of the match. You know, Carmella usually isn't that good in ring, but I thought even for her tonight felt exceptionally bad. Chin lock aside, it was like, I mean, I think an overabundance of reliance on the theatrics, which is, I mean, the parts, much of it is, is the character. Okay. Like she, she, she does get booze for, for, she gets, for some of her, you know, mannerisms, but, but and it such. was, but I think it was so much of it and not enough actual in ring wrestling, you know, like whatever wrestling was there. First of all, like whatever she was doing in the corner with Bianca looked awkward as hell. Like the way she, like they, Bianca was doing those shoulder, shoulder tackles in the corner. And like one of Carmela's responses was just to like, walk into Bianca seemingly it, it it looked incredibly awkward and then when it was time for like Carmella to deliver her strikes and I hesitate to even call him that I mean it was just like uh, shitty looking kind of like you know like it, it, it reminded me back to the type of wrestling matches from the women's division we got before women were expected to be serious professional wrestlers um so I know that this was meant to be a strong win for Bianca ahead of whatever she's got coming up but it didn't even feel that way because, number one, the match wasn't very good. I don't think there was necessarily anything impressive on the Bianca side of things in terms of her offense. So it, it was just a shitty match. Yeah, I, I did not think this was. Um, and the audience was checked out of it as well. So anyway, Alexa Bliss. Uh, this is the, the our big WWE.com ad. Kevin Patrick interviewed Alpha Academy and Gable laughs about winning the race. And next week will be. The quiz bowl where RK bro is going to lose the bowl. Just like the Bengals are going to lose their upcoming bowl game. Is that the only reason why they're calling it a, a quiz bowl? Uh, I'm sure. I'm bowl? sure there will be a joke about riddle smoking the bowl next uh, week. I'm sure that will uh, play itself out. So we got, we will get at least two jokes out of this name. Quiz bowl. Okay. Yeah. yeah Quiznos. It looks like a quiz. No bowl. You ever go. <laughs> How many Quiznos, Quiznos are, are, are around? Because they used to be, you, you could throw a rock and you'd hit a Quiznos in the city. And now they, they're very few and far between. Yeah, I would say about like 10 years ago, they had a big expansion here in Canada. But now Quiz, let me look, Quiznos, Toronto. I think there's one at like King and... There's, there's, one, at, King there's and one at King and Bathurst. Bathurst. Yes. Quiznos, Canada. I think, I think they, they're they, all, they're all closed. All of them? Yeah, it seems like they're all every everyone says permanently closed. Like it's just it, it's a chain that it was like you're right. Like ten years ago, like honestly, it was just everywhere. You you could never go somewhere and not see like a Quiznos in sight. And oh, now they're it's trying just, to take over. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Is they Quiznos didn't. Canada done? Quiznos Canada it, is the one at uh, is the one at Bathurst yeah. and King gone too. Uh, <laughs> this, this is the conversation for our worldwide audience. <laughs> What's going on at King and Bathurst? Uh, okay, so as I, I I can't I chat room give me give me give me an update on Quiznos. We need to know. I can't okay, find we'll any keep, good we'll information on Quiznos in Canada here. But uh, what, what I mean, Quiznos or Subway? What's 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 your your choice? Oh, I love Quiznos. I like Quiznos a lot more. Than I Subway. like Quiznos more too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't I, saying like I didn't like Quiznos. I like Quiznos. I don't know if that's controversial around here. You no, know? no. I definitely like like. A ten eight round for me on Quiznos. I like the oh, fact that like they 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 already kind of pre make it. I don't want the pressure of having to pick my own 
toppings, you know. I'm no artisan. I'm not. I'm no subway sandwich artist. That's I, it's one of it's one of my pet peeves about Harvey's. Like, I just want to order my food. I don't want to come and like have to give off like a list of everything I want on it. It's just it's a just lot of feels, pressure. What if no, you it's, the wrong it, choice? Uh, it's, yeah. it's it's that, and it's just like too much, too much. I don't know just, the chemistry like you guys do. I that's why I pay you to make the decisions for me. No. All right. So uh, that said, I haven't been to one in a long time. It's like and, what 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 if you want like like six things? Do you just list them all and expect this guy to remember them, or do you, do you pace it in the between? Do you say, can I get the lettuce, tomatoes? Let him do it. See, that's and my then, temp- and then I want this, and then I want this, and then I want this. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? How so many, when, I, when I'm at Subway, that is here? the temptation, right? Yeah. I have the option of having the lettuce and the pickles and the all the six sauces. Well, I mean, I'm thinking about value here. I got, I'm going to get every one. And then, of course, the sandwich does not taste as good because, you know, too much of, of everything is, is not a good thing. Oh, yeah. You, ha- you have to go moderate. Yeah. You, you get too much. It's, it's like, like, it's ta- like paint. It's nothing. It's like paint. You use every single color. You just end up with like a brown painting. Yep. Right? You got to know chemistry. And I don't trust myself. I'm, I'm not, you know. So, <laughs> anyway. Is, uh, maybe maybe I, we'll go to Quiznos eventually, you know, for one of these. When I was in, when I was in elementary school, <laughs> this is just this is the worst. One of my friends, he would do this thing where he'd never do it at the same location more than like twice, but he'd go in and order like, I'll get four junior burgers and they'd put the burgers on and they make them fresh and he'd just walk out. He just leave. What the fuck? He just won't make a big order, and then he walk out, and leave, and they the what orders the would just hell? get up and up. Like you once ordered like six. It's like you can fathom someone would have six junior burgers because they're like these little things. So they put them on and just leave. That's awful. Who, who would do that? That's like you're going to hell for that, man. You're ruining somebody's day. You're wasting food. You know, <laughs> At what point it's hilarious, know? but I mean, it's terrible. He just got off on this. Like he would just go from like, <laughs> he did it. He did it many times. And I was like, we'd leave. It's like, at what point are they going to realize this guy's not coming back? It's like you got oh. six, you got six burgers on the grill, and I I don't know why I'm thinking <laughs> about it terrible. now. That was a horrible thing to do. Just horrible. You do you do you still talk to this friend? No, no, I don't. I I never participated in this. I will, I will okay. have you know. I wanted the burger. I, I would go into Harvey's because I was hungry. <laughs> I don't want you to out this friend, but the next time you talk to this friend, please bring this up, and I need to know. Let us know if he is at least remorseful. Okay. Uh, and if he's not, I think you should pay for every single one of those. You just walk into Harvey's one day and just like plop down a thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can you please split this across like five different locations in the city of Toronto? That's terrible. Uh, next week they're in Denver and on sci-fi last match was AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio elimination chamber qualifying match. Um, nice match that they had here. Uh, Mysterio did the sliding splash and then sent AJ into the barricade with a Rana through the break. They go, uh, AJ avoided a six one nine and then Ray ducked the phenomenal forearm and they both, uh, they have a double down spot after Ray rolls out of a calf crusher, kicking him in the head. And then Ray goes for the top rope Frankensteiner. It's blocked. And AJ styles goes for the Tetsuya Naito spot he did at Wrestle Kingdom 9. He's teasing the Styles Clash. No effing way was he going to be hitting this on Rey Mysterio. And he blocked it, sent AJ into the middle rope. 619 misses the frog splash. 
Ray with the senton, but a roll through into the Styles Clash, and AJ pins Ray. But a really nice match between these two for the the limited time they had. Yeah, on a TV ma- a show, you know, where you're not expecting anything, we didn't know this match was going to happen. AJ Styles versus Ray Mysterio, sure, why not? I'll take it at this point. You know, usually like in a d- different setting, this would be a dream match. You know, this would be a headliner. But um, I looked it up. Show- you know, how many times they've had singles matches. This wasn't the first three. They they had three singles matches before this in huh. in six years. I just made that up. Which which awesome. Ray wasn't there for the whole time, but you, you understand what I'm saying. This is not 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 a match that they have exhausted. Certainly, yeah. But it's like have there have there been any like hey you got to you remember this AJ Styles? Like, can you remember any of them? No, they, I, I looked them up. Like they were all like one was on a live event and the other two were on Raw. Like nothing like big matches. They're not special, anything. right? But like obviously they have the potential to do something special. Um, I mean, it's hard to complain about getting this on, on TV. It was a very good match, but I can't say I'll remember this one afterwards either. So those are our six for the chamber. Lashley, Lesnar, Rollins, Riddle, Austin Theory, and AJ Styles. Um, yeah. Do you see these so, six? Do, do, do you see anyone getting, like, there were some major stars not on the show. Could you see anyone getting uh, bumped out? Anything can happen. Absolutely. You know, it could be Austin Theory as a way to further this Vince McMahon disappointment story, perhaps. He might be somebody who might be t- kicked off. Could be AJ Styles. Um, it won't be Brock. I don't think it'll be Brock. Could be Riddle, you know? Um, I know Big E is officially on SmackDown, so I don't think we were expecting him to be a part of this anyway. But No, I, I wonder how many people watched tonight and saw this as a confirmation Big E's gone from Raw. I, I can probably say a whole lot, yeah, because I don't know how... I, I watched SmackDown, and it didn't didn't click with me. The When I, I heard them like, say, he's officially back on SmackDown, I just took that to be, he's physically on SmackDown tonight. But it was I, after that we see saw that he's actually moved. Because I think still in a lot of people's minds, I think a lot of people still think Big E is going to be a contender for the Raw Championship. Because, of course, we also have, you know, we got Brock and Roman for the SmackDown Championship. I think a lot of people are still thinking about Big E as a potential candidate to face either Bobby Lashley or whoever else for the Raw title. And well, that's a weird time to move him then. And I'm saying I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, and, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath on that one. Yeah. Um. So final segment. Uh, we went over a bit of it, but Ronda comes out and good reaction here for the crowd in Cincinnati. They kept us for the end. She says she's been debating since Saturday whose title she wants to take. Charlotte's or Rebecca's. She has unfinished business with both and that for either one of them, their biggest match is with me, but I don't want to help Rebecca or her stagnating title reign. So I could choose flair and keep Rebecca on my undercard and everyone will know that I'm the baddest big time bitch. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about it off the top, but she was really rough here again, not very good before, but I think she felt even more pronounced in, in her awkwardness and rustiness. I thought this was too much to give her, um, coming back from it. And, you know, she seemed, she's not an actress, everybody, you know, despite what you saw in fast, was it fast and furious seven, six, whatever. She wasn't really, she's a, she's a celebrity. She's an athlete. Okay. And uh, this was a role that that requires somebody with at least a bit more experience doing that sort of public speaking and public performance. She feels like somebody who's, again, t- whose head is too much in the script and regurgitating dialogue 
rather than actually living the character. And that just takes time. That takes comfort. She hasn't found it yet. She certainly seems like a long way away from it tonight. So not good. Becky comes out and calls her a weirdo. And she's spilling nonsense. Notes she's the only one to beat Rousey. The two of them represent the biggest match of the past decade. But I wouldn't blame you for coming back with an appetizer like Charlotte before the main course in me. And Becky wants Rousey to choose. And then Rousey grabs her by the arm, throws her to the mat, and tells her she will get her answer on Friday, which the crowd booed. And then Becky says that Rousey fears her and insults Cincinnati. So, yeah, I just did, I didn't think this was like a great uh, segment from from Ronda in this. And the way this was positioned, I mean, they they like are going out of their way to kind of lead you towards like Becky and Ronda is the big match. Um, so they not only does Ronda have to have a much better appearance on Friday, uh, they've got to do something really compelling to make the audience want Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair now. When mm-hmm. if the idea is keeping Becky for a date in the future, because I I think like at the end of this, if there's a match you want, like they flat out said, like that is the big match. And from a story perspective, like Becky was the one to beat Rousey in that, in that triple threat, like that should be Rousey's target. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, by this point, I think a lot of us have heard the, the, the reports that they're, they've got Ronda for two WrestleManias. They, they, the idea is that they want to do Charlotte now and Ronda next year. And so they, you can, I guess, presume they are starting the build for next year's WrestleMania already with this sort of thing. But I just really don't think... Let, let's build this year's WrestleMania first, though. Exactly. And I don't think portraying and convincing the audience that, hey, you're going to pay for the appetizer, okay? Like, wait the a year for the most stupendous appetizer. Yeah, we're going to force you the appetizer for dinner. Come back next time and we're going to actually give you dinner. Oh my God, um, way they're giving you lettuce. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think a lettuce that'll be very satisfying because at this at this point, you know, portraying Ronda the way she has as being this sort of angry, constantly angry, heelish type of character against somebody who also is not very well liked by the audience. That's a recipe for disaster. Not a great yeah. salad. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll repeat myself. Like if it was Ronda and Becky for the next uh, two months of TV, I think Becky would be the overwhelming fan favorite uh, going into this. And I think you would see the audience uh, turning on on Ronda if this is the version of Ronda you see each week, which I I don't even think would be the worst idea either. I know they think like, for some reason, like they think Charlotte and Ronda, Ronda Becky is by far the biggest match, but I wouldn't say Charlotte and Ronda is the second biggest match. I think Sasha Ronda is the second biggest match. If not even, you know, and some, I mean, Becky, I think it feels bigger, but I mean, Sasha is the bigger star than Charlotte. So I don't I don't know why that that wasn't that's not in contention or, or something that they're considering. Well, it ended with uh, Rhonda left and then Lita's music played and she comes out. She's wearing a Becky Lynch T-shirt and the crowd is chanting for her. She says how Becky has lifted this division. It's never been hotter. And Becky says, you know, I'm a fan of you, Lita, and calls Becky a fighting champion that never backs down and that thus challenges Becky for elimination chamber Becky says no, and Lita says, if you're scared, just say so. And Becky says, damn it, I can't be scared. Fine, I'll face you. And she got it. But um, I-, I thought Lita did like very well here, and the crowd was really into it. And I'm glad that they had this to end the show on, because 
Um, that would have been a really bad ending to the show if they had left it off the uh, the Rousey like uh, judo throw and then walking out. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like in hindsight, I, I feel like you're, you're you're dealing with a character who's not very good when she speaks. So I think the judo throw would have been fine. Like she should be given one of those silent builds where she just kind of comes out, looks mean, does the move, walks out, doesn't say a word. Um. Anyway, yeah, Lita here. I mean, after on the mic, I don't think Lita is great, but like on the mic after Ronda, like she felt like a real savior of the segment. She she has, I suppose, the level of star power you want for a Becky Lynch challenge on a show, I suppose, you know, that they would consider as big as a Saudi Arabia show. But God, like in the Rumble, she did not look good. She looked really, really rough in this match. I have concern for but then again, it's also like Saudi Arabia where like shitty matches feels like it's, I don't know, like just part. Not, not the last show. The last show was a really good one. Was it? Okay. It, I, 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 I don't know. The Edge Rollins much. one. It was, it was certainly the best one of, of like the of the Saudi Arabia shows since 2018. For sure. Mm-hmm. It was the best show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, at the same time, it's like Lita is one of the biggest names that was a part of that that rumble. Lita versus Becky has sort of like, you know, dream match qualities to it to a casual fan that might spark some interest. So I, I can understand them doing this. And that was uh that was raw. So anyway, a, a lot in terms of just news from the show and setting up Elimination Chamber. So they had a lot of uh, and. and you know, confirming the main event for WrestleMania off the top two with Lesnar and Reigns. So um, you certainly got a lot of news from this show. I would say match wise, um, I liked AJ and Ray, and um, and that's that's about where the wrestling peaked for me. Yeah, again, like I I don't watch these shows for the wrestling, unfortunately, anymore. Like if there's a great match, it's a bonus, but. Um, I'm not going to remember any of the wrestling on the show, unfortunately, John, you know, after doing this podcast with you, you're right. You get therapy um, sessions, you get scooter races, you get, um, I'm not, I don't watch the show for that either. I watch the show cause I have to do this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> a great reason. That's but, a great reason. But, the, but clearly like the, the bulk effort of the show's production is put into the angles and yeah, it looks like, you know, maybe we're getting some sort of return to the former Alexa bliss. They set up the elimination chamber here, so a lot of work was done in, in that sense, and getting challenged from from Lita to set up our uh, elimination chamber matches. Well, we're not going to end this show on a on a low note because uh, I forgot to mention off the top, we have the results. The results are in yes. way for our post wrestling Royal Rumble pool. Uh, we yes. have enlisted our closest thing to Price Waterhouse to uh, adjudicate the. Uh, the point totals, our own Chris Engler, mapping out the entire the entire field of pool entries, which uh, hit a cool 304 entrants uh, that signed up last week. So, Way, do you want to uh, go through any of the uh, the stats and who finished on top of this year's Rumble Pool? Yeah, a lot of stats here from Chris Engler, and um, I'm going to go through some of these here. Here he starts off by telling us the number of people who chose the accurate response and also the percentage. So how many people accurately predicted that Brock Lesnar was going to win the men's Royal Rumble? 41% of you, <laughs> which means 125 people. The um, man was not announced by the deadline. So that's, that's uh that tells you of where people's minds were on Saturday yeah. afternoon. I'm honestly a bit surprised that it, it's not even higher. Like I'm not, I'm surprised it's, it's, it's not a majority, but you're right. Like he was not announced. So 41% of you accurately guessed that. 
How I many- would say a lot. Like, like my thinking was like, if he loses the title, that sets him up for chamber, which he had been announced for. So I can mm. see some people thinking that like Lesnar going into the rumble, it would be, um, you know, what, what then do you do with him for the chamber? But I guess we got that answer. So there's that sort of, you know, possibility, but, uh, speaking of unannounced entrance, how many people accurately predicted that Ronda Rousey would win the women's Royal Rumble? 55%. A majority this time around. So See, see that one is one I could have seen being even higher. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The rumors were that strong, I suppose. Uh, this is a lot more particular and far, far tougher to guess, but how many people accurately guess that the number two entrant <laughs> in the men's Rumble would be Shinsuke Nakamura? Huge. 2%, meaning six of you out of 304 accurately guessed that. Uh, only <laughs> how many? Okay, this is amazing. This one's okay? amazing. How how many people accurately guessed that Molina would be the second entrant in the women's Royal Rumble? One person actually accurately guessed it. Okay, That's so amazing. congratulations to whoever you are. You should get an award just for that reason. Uh, how many people accurately guessed Randy Orton would be twenty nine? Seven percent of you. How many people accurately guessed that Shotzi would be number twenty nine? Two zero point seven percent men's rumble time. The longest this year was AJ Styles at 29 minutes and six seconds. 22% of people, 68 votes accurately guess that that would be AJ Styles. How many people would <sighs> accurately guess that Kofi Kingston would have the shortest time in wow. the men's rumble at 21 seconds? Zero. And that would um, probably include Kofi Kingston himself, because I don't think he realized he would uh, he was going to be. I I did not. I did not know that that stat that he was the the shortest in the the rumble. That's 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 incredible. I mean, in a way, I I hope they play it up in terms of story, you know, like use it as a perfect fall from grace. You go from being the highlight of rumbles every year to being the one eliminated, eliminated the quickest. It's almost like a kind of poetic you know what if what if it drives him nuts and for this year this season it's kofi's mania kofi's mania yes. oh okay interesting because it drives and, him nuts uh, he feels he's lost a step and he's got to right. find it and instead of one cookie he crushes two cookies this time that's right that's how he shows his it. anger yeah how many people would guess that Robert Roode would be the first el- eliminated? Only 5%, which is actually quite impressive. How many people accurately guess that Drew McIntyre would be last eliminated? 4%. So That's that's not bad. Like I th- there was no speculation about Drew being in the Rumble, so the fact that not this was not just people picking that he would be in the Rumble, that he would be eliminated last. So mm. that's, you know, 13 people, 4%. The person who guessed closest to the total time of this year's Royal Rumble, which totaled 51 minutes of the men's Rumble, I should say, which was 51 minutes and 10 seconds, was Jason Pritchett, who accurately guessed 50 or who closest guessed 51 minutes and 27 seconds. And, you know, that's all great. But now we're actually getting to the people who want uh, the winners, the winners of the pool out of a theoretical maximum of 132 points, which means that you would have had to accurately guess all of it, everything. Uh, wow. Okay, this is a bit shocking. The top three point scores of this year's post wrestling Royal Rumble pool. Number three, congratulations to KR, who KR. scored a, who scored a possible uh, a fifty seven points out of a possible one hundred and thirty two points. So very good. And then at number two. Also with 57 points, but this person gets closer with the tiebreaker for the men's rumble time. Gavin Willens 
Congratulations to you, Gavin Williams, coming in second place. Very good job. I cannot believe this. But the top point getter and the winner of the 2022 post-wrestling Royal Rumble pool with a whopping 59 points, Brandon from New Jersey. How? Now, I'm... I'm I'm curious, okay? Is this actually Brandon from New Jersey, or is this is this an imposter calling himself Brandon from New Jersey? Because I, I I know I feel like I know Brandon's email, and I, I'm not sure if this is yeah, it. This is a wild this is a wild email address. Yeah, interesting. Okay, let me see here. Well, why would you put it under a different name? Because Brandon's going to get all the accolades now for this if it was not Brandon from New Jersey. I mean, why, why wouldn't I, you use your own nickname? Maybe. I don't know. Like, who who would want to impersonate Brandon from New Jersey? I mean, it could. This is probably well. one of his many burner email accounts. So I'm sure it is Brandon. You're right. You're right. It could be. Okay. Well, in either case, I think it's not even a legit email address. As I look at this, I'm not going to read it because it might be a real one. Okay. Well, I'm actually because wow. I feel like I know Brandon from New Jersey's email to the Patreon. Let me just. I'm just going to cross check for my my own curiosity. Yeah. So Brand, uh, the Brandon. <laughs> this is the this is a mystery. Okay. We're going to get to the bottom of this. I'm sure by the next. Rewind away, but Brandon from New Jersey's email on the Patreon is at least different from the one that was entered into this contest. Oh so, man, this is going to be the biggest controversy since Garov. So, uh, so I don't maybe maybe a bit of co- hey, uh, what would this the the equivalent be? You know, like the the two two Earl Hubners, like the, is this like the two two Undertakers? Perhaps is this the real Brandon from New Jersey or not? We need to know. We got to get to the bottom of this. So tune in for more um, on the next episode. But congratulations to whoever you are that won it. And John, would you like to take us through, first of all, the zero club? People who earned absolutely zero points in the pool. Yes, yes. Of the 301 people that submitted, two of you got a grand total of zero points. And those that honor goes in the form of a tie to Mark McKelvey and Suggs. Congratulations, both of you. If you're going to miss by an inch, miss by a mile. But mm-hmm. my favorite, my favorite, the funniest misspellings. Chris adds autocorrects. Let's just go and assume that these were blatantly misspelled. So here, here we are from some of the entries. We had Alexa Bloss, Beyond Ink Belair, B-O-N-I-N-K. Beyond, Beyond Ink. Ink. I mean, Beyond, bo- Beyond Ink Belair. Bloss, I mean, Bloss is, I suppose I could somehow see autocorrect making that mistake, but like... The O and the I are next to one another, um, possibly. Beyond Nink? Beyond Nink from Bianca? Like, that's... Bianca is nowhere in the area code of Beyond Nink. All right. Bobby Lashlex. L-A-S-H-L-E-X. Sounds like a cool move, actually. Not Christian, who's not in this company. Christine. 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 Huh. Yes, that's, a, that's not bad. <laughs> the returning Johnny Gargano, like a like a hulked up version of Johnny Gargano, perhaps. Santoni Morella, no Santoni this year. Santoni. Huh. <laughs> Rhea Ripple, R I P L E. Not even Ripple is spelled <laughs> correctly. <laughs> Ripple. Uh, this one's awesome. <laughs> Rinda Roycey. Rinda Roycey. So not Rinda, only Rinda Roycey. <laughs> not only did the person misspell Rhonda, but they also respell, misspelled Rousey. To just, just a total butchering here of uh, Ronda Rousey's name. 
Uh, but the best one, because I do not believe that this was uh, a mistake. This was just how this person has probably assumed this person has been identified every week on TV. Mad Cat Moss. Mad Cat. Mad Cat. I mean, that's cat. next year's gimmick, you know, once he's done with this Happy Corbin thing. I, I think so. So thank you, everyone. You never fail to entertain me with these uh, these misspellings every year. And again, a big thank you to Chris Engler for... Uh, Manning all of the uh, the standings, the point totals, and going through this and getting uh, an extra day to do yeah. so as well. He used to like just had to be up against the clock when we had to be back the next day. So mm-hmm. WWE did him a solid this year. So thank you as always to Chris for uh, thank you so much the Royal Rumble pool. Yeah, uh, winners, top three point getters. I will be in contact with you, including whether or not this person is Brandon from New Jersey. I've sent a message out to the real Brandon from. Hey, okay, I uh, breaking news. Breaking news. Of course, he got back to you in two minutes. I have messaged the real Brandon from New Jersey, and the real Brandon from New Jersey is not standing up. This is not Brandon from New Jersey. This is an imposter. An imposter? Who is the imposter? Well, we will never know because they did not submit their name, so they're not going to get any of the glory. None of the fame. To be fair, they could also be named Brandon, who also lives in the state of New Jersey. But, There's only one Brandon from New Jersey, I think. Okay, fascinating. I think I think you have to adopt the city and give up the state. Well, like, I mean, it's like, New like Jersey you can be city. Brandon, a, you can be Brandon from Trenton. New Jersey City is a big, big city. Well, New Jersey's the state. It's also a city, right? Jersey City, I guess. Well, he's from, from New Jersey. Okay, all right. It doesn't sure. say from Jersey City. All right. Well, folks, that's going to wrap up the post-Royal Rumble edition of Rewind of Raw. So thanks to everybody for joining us live. We're live here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday night. Uh, so that means we're just a few hours away from the post-daily news update. Tuesday live at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we will be going through the SmackDown numbers, Rampage numbers, uh, an update from Leo Rush, and plenty more news that we will be getting to on Tuesday. And then we're live Wednesday night at 10.15 Eastern for our double-double ice cap and espresso patrons with Rewind of Dynamite, uh, 15 minutes after Dynamite concludes, featuring CM Punk and MJF from Chicago on Wednesday night. Should be a big edition of Dynamite. Yeah, it should be really big. Oh, and also, like, um, we'll find out Raw ratings, which should be really big, too. Uh, That's right. But those will not be out in time for the news update on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I mean. Right. Yes. Yes, we will go through those on Wednesday. So that is it for us. We are signing off. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Goodbye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.